eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to The Scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the world. Part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network, and this podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, the best and most local place for all your UNC apparel and UNC gear. I'm your host, Ross Martin, as always, on The Scoop. I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan. What's going on, Don? Ooh, what is going on? Not much. We got baseball came back. I know we'll talk some, some of that sort of stuff, um, which was good. Um, soccer seasons, as we talked about, um, last podcast, that's starting to wind down a little bit. I think, I mean, I'm still learning, so maybe it doesn't, um, football is, I, I guess there's certain camp and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, so things are, things are, um, we're starting to get rolling. There's starting to be things to do. Uh, you know, there's uh, football camps for recruits. There's another one coming up this week that I'm going to be at. Yeah, it does feel like things are emotional, more sports, obviously, and, and football things are starting to happen. Yeah. There's a little more to talk about. I feel a little bit more busier than I did earlier in July, so there we go. Um, what about you? What's going on with you? Let me do this first. Before we start and get into it, I want to remind everyone to rate, review, and subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, a quick review about what you liked about this podcast or any IC podcast, and then subscribe. Mash the subscribe button on wherever you listen to your podcast, and that helps us helps all the IC podcasts and then it all automatically gives you the podcast in your feed. Um, for me, you know, kind of back on the grind, kind of had that little vacation and um, yeah, it's a waiting game, waiting for them to decide on the football season. Cause that determines kind of what I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if what July is, what the rest of July is gonna look like and what August is going to look like. And you know, I have flights booked. I have the Hawaii trip for basketball. So there's a lot of things in motion. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. in a waiting, waiting stage right now. Yeah, um, I'm really interested to see what happens with the Hawaii trip just because, Yeah, uh, I mean, flying is, is uh, for me, you know, I've been fortunate to where I, I've driven to everywhere I needed to go. Uh, so I'm in my own car. Um, I can, when I get there, I can make sure I social distance and all that. Getting into an airport, getting onto a plane, that's that's a completely different ball game. A lot of things are completely out of your control with, yeah. with uh, all that. Yeah, confined, confined space and um, yeah, people next to you that you don't know. So whatever, we'll figure it out. All right, let up. Uh, sorry, hey, sorry for cutting you off there, Don. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I'm good, Ross. Okay, Thank good. you. I know we had some complaints about that. <laughs> we uh, we took a week off to kind of put all our listeners in time out. There were a lot of complaints <laughs> about the podcast. We're gonna get into that later. We're back. Um, so here's what we're gonna do today. We have a whole list here. Let me pull it up. We're going to talk about Travion Stevenson, the outside linebacker. Uh, kind of weak side defensive end who committed to UNC last week, earlier last week. We, we didn't do a podcast directly after, but we're getting to him. That's going to be the main focus of this podcast. We're getting to what happened with the kicker uh, who flirted with UNC, Andre Borgalis. Borgalis. Borgalis, boom, nailed it. We're going to talk a little about the, the two scoops from the last two weeks and what Don feels was important out of those scoops, little tidbits there. We're going to talk a little about the 2020 season, what we think, you know, our opinion, what, and there's not much news that we know that, that y'all don't know. Um, and then we're going to answer the haters. A lot of complaints about this podcast. Uh, the last podcast we did, which was two weeks ago, a lot of complaints about me, 
Um, and so we're going to address those. This is an open forum. We consider this a podcast family. So I'm going to dive into yeah, those. Yeah, I don't know if, I don't I know if it's, it's accurate to say that there were complaints about the podcast. I think there were complaints about Ross Martin. Uh, yeah, but you're part of it. I guess. I don't know. There can't I, be, there can't I be, think uh, I was being there, victimized. There can't be offensive banner if there's only one person. Uh, that's not true. But, uh, but I'll also say on the complaints, there are a lot more positive comments than negative comments. So oh, there always are. Yeah. 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 I think for the most part, people love the, the, the scoop <laughs> podcast. Is that what it's called? The scoop? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to get into the, our top five, which has been a long time coming. I think we yeah. probably dropped it over a month ago, which is the top. I, I like this one a lot. The, the top five most important players for the 2020 season for UNC football, not including uh, Sam Howe. So we're going to get into a little bit of talk about who is most important, who would have the biggest uh, impact on the team if, if he was to be injured. So we'll get into a little bit of talk, and I'm interested to see what – I haven't looked at this, but interested to see what the listeners have to say, and then what Don and I would give our top five most important players. So a little legitimate football talk at the end of the podcast. Stay tuned for that. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to the IC Podcast. We'll get right into it. Travion Stevenson, Don, pull up his profile here. 6'3", 217, from Hampton, Virginia, that Virginia Beach-type area guy. He's ranked the number 1549, 1,549 ranked player in the country, the 84th weak side defensive end, and the 46th player in the state of Virginia. He was a Penn State commitment before he flipped to the Tar Heels. Don, I know you've addressed this a little bit, both on the boards and in articles, but can you kind of give us a little insight into what happened with him committing to UNC? Well, a lot of this kind of starts way back when uh, Zaire Patterson, who was initially UNC's top target for that uh, weak side um, rush linebacker, outside linebacker position in Jay Bateman's defense, you know, a guy who you want to, more than anything else, provide a lot of pressure on the quarterback, but also drop into coverage and uh, help stop the run. Um, so when Patterson decided to go the Clemson route. UNC started kind of looking around and actually, you know, from what I was told from my sources, Travion Stevenson was one of the first guys that they reached out to, but at the time he had just made a commitment to Pitt and wasn't interested in, in uh, ending that commitment at the time. So UNC, and this happens all the time. Um, you, you reach out to a guy, a guy says, uh, thanks, but no thanks sort of thing. So, um, you know, UNC moved on naturally. And, um, the guy that they, they went to is George Wilson, who, um, we all know now, you know, seemed like North Carolina was the pick for the, for the longest time until a couple of days before his announcement started to leak out that South Carolina was going to be the selection. And that's what he ultimately ended up, to do, ended up doing. So North Carolina <clears throat> with that, and we kind of reported on this, the plan after, after Wilson, uh, went the South Carolina route was to kind of stand pat and just see what was going to open up, what, what, what guys might be on the market later on. And, and also, I mean, the, the problem is, is UNC has a, a group of um, targets that the staff likes at that position, but all of those guys have some sort of question that would need to be answered either through some sort of evaluation or just kind of seeing how they look during their <clears throat> their senior seasons while that was all happening Travion reached out to UNC and was like hey are you guys still interested and basically Travion was um you know, him and his family kind of talked about just the situation with Pitt and it had nothing to do with what Pitt did wrong it was just the fact that you know proximity to his his family um they they began to realize was going to be a little bit more important than what they placed on it initially. And North Carolina obviously is, is, is what, like three hours away from, um, from his home. Um, so, you know, um, things happened pretty quickly and, and ultimately ended up committing to North Carolina, flipping his commitment. So my question here is, obviously, this was a topic on the message boards, is he's not a very highly ranked kid. And he's, he's, he's pretty far away from those two other top targets they had. And George Wilson and the guy from uh, the guy you just said, but from Winston Salem Prep, Zaire Patterson. Zaire Patterson. So there's got to be other guys out there that they could wait on, try to flip or, or reach out, maybe a little bit more um, regionally into into other states. I'm sure Georgia, Florida, 
some of the other states in their footprint have better players ranked wise. Mm-hmm. What do they like about um, Stevenson? Make sure I get his name right. Yeah, Stevenson. Um, that, that made them kind of jump so early on this commitment because you know I know UNC likes to get all their players in kind of by the summer, but you know signing day is not until December. Yeah, so I, they obviously the staff just saw him or, or when they evaluated him, he had a higher grade on him than what some others did. You know, particularly those who do the rankings for twenty four seven sports and rivals and you know, coaching staffs definitely could be wrong. They're wrong all the time and 24 seven sports and rivals could be wrong. I mean, they're, they're wrong all the time also. So uh, it's a matter of on, on who, who you kind of see. And, and really, and that's why I kind of always urge people to kind of throw on the film yourself and, and, and watch to see what, what you think and, and, and maybe kind of learn from, um, you know, just what type of player and all, and all that. But, um, as far as waiting, I, you know, to be honest, I mean, I wasn't told this, but I think some of it had to do with the fact that, you know, Mac Brown does prefer to get his class locked down pretty quickly. Um, and I think that kind of weighed in there, maybe subconsciously. But really, you know, talking to my sources, it was a situation where they were like, hey, we like this kid. He's, he's, willing, to, he's willing to flip now. Yeah. Um, and let's say hypothetically we say, no, let's wait and let me see what some of these other guys and see what else is out there. And then they miss on the opportunity because maybe Virginia Tech or Virginia, um, you know, jumps in there and, and kind of leapfrogs North Carolina. So, yeah, I, I think it really comes down to the fact that North Carolina really liked this kid and didn't want didn't want to let him slip through their their grasp. OK, so what do they like about him? We, he's six three. 217 so he's got decent length you know obviously needs to add a lot of weight i saw a picture of him he's mm-hmm. definitely like a skinny kid um they went from that that linebacker weak side defensive end type hybrid position like a taman fox plays that a um that a chris collins will play at unc what do they like about him what does he bring from a football standpoint yeah so he, yeah he's he's definitely skinny but you know so are so george wilson super skinny um, you know, George Wilson, uh, you know, when I saw him in, in person for the first time, I was actually w- was surprised by not only just how skinny he was, but just how, you know, his build was, um, didn't seem like it was, it, it could hold a lot of weight. Look, you're talking about George Wilson or Stevenson? George Wilson. George Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, ironically, right after George, the week after George had uh, committed to South Carolina, he was at a camp that I was at. And that was the first time I actually had got a chance to lay eyes on him. But um, Stevenson, he's definitely skinny, but he has the the broader frame, which would obviously allow weight. I mean, we know that these guys are going to add weight, particularly that first, second year in in college. Um, The thing, though, is they loved the fact that he was really productive at really a a school that has been very – has been kind of sort of a powerhouse in in, in Virginia at Phoebus High School. Um, so he had really good stats. Uh, everybody around that area seemed to vouch for him at 757 area. And one of actually the biggest uh, proponents for um, Stevenson was uh, Dion Glover. And if you've been following this podcast or following Tony Grimes's recruitment, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, Tony Grimes's dad, but he's also very, very active in the Tidewater area as far as training players and um, putting on camps, especially now with, with the coronavirus stuff going on. Um, so he's, he's very familiar with, with the talent in that area. And, and so, you know, when you get a guy like that vouching for, for a kid, North Carolina definitely had to listen. Great. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if the staff likes a guy and think he's productive, I mean, you got to trust the staff. That's often a common thing you see on the message boards. That, you know, rankings aren't everything, and you got to trust the evaluations of a Jay Bateman, Dre Bly, um, I guess, Fig- oh, I guess Javon DeWitt coaches this, this, uh, this, this position as and well. And I think the, the thing, too, is that Bateman's defense is, is, is unique. And so he's looking for certain things um, in, in guys that the rankings aren't going to take into consideration. Yeah, and I yeah. think that played a role too. And one of the, one of my sources explained to me that that outside rush um, linebacker position is kind of like, you want to have it like a, um, a bullpen in baseball. And so those who don't yeah. follow baseball, you don't want, you know, a, you don't want, you know, 
10 right-handers that throw fastballs. You want, you want some left-handers in there. You want some, some, you know, a bunch of different guys in there. And, and that's what Bateman's kind of looking to for that room, for that outside linebacker position room. Yeah, you want someone who can maybe line up on the, with a, with a three-point stance, like a Tamon Fox, who's more mm-hmm. of that pure rush guy. But you also need guys you can cover. You need the long guys. You need the really, really fast outside linebackers. But you, got, you also need guys that can probably, you know, yeah. like I said, like it, line up and be a, defense, a true defensive end. Yeah, and, and not to interrupt you, Ross. Oh, um, no problem. Hey, good stuff. In particular, I think what uh, Stevenson brings is that he would be among, if you look at the group that North Carolina has right now, um, he'd be one of the guys who would be, I guess, most comfortable against a two tight end set. You know, a guy who could match up well, um, has, the, has the strength and all that. He, you know, I'm watching him on film. He doesn't have the burst of, of Desmond Evans or some of those right. other guys. But, but, I mean, he's a guy who definitely has the, um, the, the strength, um, you know, to and, and the ability to set the edge um, you know, okay. and, and play against those tight ends. All right, awesome. Yeah, Travion Stevenson commits to UNC. Uh, let me go through the stats real quick again. 6'3", six, uh, six, 217 from Phoebus High School in Hampton, Virginia. I was looking at his photos just now, and obviously this was on the front page of the of Inside Carolina. But what's up with that photo? In his is that his UNC room? Yeah, yeah. I asked him about that, and he was a little bit. I don't know. He was a little bit strange with his answers. He said it was a. He said it was a family members. Okay. And I and I followed up, and this is through text message. I followed up. I said, "Well, what family member?" Uh, because that's interesting, you know. As, you know, as you pointed out, and he never got back to me on that. So <laughs> it's a, you, you know, it's got, it's got football helmets, got Jordan shoes, it's got UNC everything, posters, uh, framed, you know, frame UNC uh, magazine covers, basketballs, footballs, and he's in a UNC hat in a UNC chair with UNC on a big screen. So it's a UNC room. I can see it being like an uncle or, you know, yeah. some family. But why not say that? Why say family member? Like, yeah, if you ask me something about I, – I wouldn't say family member. I'd say my uncle or my cousin or – you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on here from the podcast here. Let's do a quick live read on Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. I love how you give play-by-play while you're doing it. Yeah, it'll be a very open and uh, – Transparency. Trans- trans- transparency here. I wrote down all this stuff. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, Giant T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. They stayed with us as our loyal – sponsor this podcast is a great place for all your unc apparel needs this is what they're doing right now they have the turn of the mac t-shirts they have carolina blue masks to protect you from the uh, pandemic currently going around our world they have football in the forest the book by lee pace i think his second edition came out with a bunch more pages about mac brown's return you can pick up items in in the store if you order online i'm not sure if they're open right now but you can get everything online i went to their store online everything it's it's a really good website they have tons of cool sweatshirts vintage sweatshirts throwback sweatshirts jerseys tons of things with olympic sports soccer scarves baseball jerseys they have a lot of things for tailgating and for your home flags pillows stuffed animals things for golf ties bags golf bags tees watches and then anything when it comes to just shirts sweatshirts shorts jerseys they have four different baseball jerseys 16 different unc basketball jerseys and shorts Six different football jerseys, the Carolina Blue, the Navy, the practice jerseys, hats, toboggans, they have different kinds of hats. So anything you want at Giant T-Shirt, GiantT-Shirt.com, they're our loyal podcast sponsors. Go to the um, Inside Carolina Premium Message Board to get that 10, 10% off discount code. It's great for gifts, birthdays, holidays, or, or right around the corner. So load up. I mean, it's a great place to get gifts. Um, it's an easy place. Everybody wants UNC stuff. I mean, if you, if you can't think of something to get your UNC friend or family member, go to giant t-shirt and giant t-shirt.com and get a, um, a shirt, a Jersey, something small, something big, get all that at giant t-shirt and Johnny t-shirt.com. All right. Next up is the, what happened with this kicker? He's a Miami commitment. Andre Burgalis, Burgalis, Burgalis. Tell, tell us what happened there. There's stuff on Twitter. They're trying to get his kicker, and then all of a sudden it didn't happen. Just quickly, Don, what happened with him? Yeah, so you know, North Carolina offered him a couple of weeks ago, and at the time he kind of um, he basically said that you know he was going to flip eventually. He actually told the, a bunch of the UNC commits just 
jumped on immediately and and he told a lot of those guys that hey you know i'm going to flip and some of them had felt like it was going to happen pretty soon sorry kick a kicker from florida right kicker from south florida okay. of all he places was, he's he been commi- yeah he's been committed to miami so i apologize yeah um he, he's been committed to miami for over a year on top of that his brother who um played at um FIU I get the FIU and FAU's confused yeah. FIU uh, and actually helped FIU beat Miami he recently transferred into Miami okay. and will be their kicker this year uh and um apparently the, the family are huge Miami fans so this from the get-go just sounded kind of sketchy yeah. you know but anyway <laughs> so he super nice kid so I kind of feel bad that some of the, the heat he, that he took. Super nice kid. And he told all of the UNC commits that, hey, I'm going to flip to UNC. And I think really he just kind of caught up in the moment yeah. a little bit. Uh, the irony of all this is, is that uh, so he has – so he gets the offer. He, he has a Zoom meeting with, with uh, Mac Brown, which was big, which some thought maybe that was when he would, might commit. And then the following week he did a, um, a virtual – visit to North Carolina. I talked to him a couple hours after that virtual visit to get his take on the, the virtual visit. And then also a zoom meeting with Mac Brown. We did an interview, all that sort of stuff. Everything was good. Two hours later, he tweets out <laughs> that he has firmed up his, his Miami commitment. And of course the UNC pledges just went nuts on Twitter about it. And, you know, but. Okay. So was he going to be offered a scholarship for UNC? Yeah, well, he he was he was offered a scholarship. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, I, I noticed that too. Is like this guy's from like the Miami yeah. area. Like, why would he? I mean, it just doesn't make didn't make sense in my book. But whatever. Okay. So are they seeking a scholarship kicker in this class? Yes and no. I think if they can get a an elite guy and they felt like Borregalis was an elite guy yeah. then they'll, they'll take him but they're not going to just all of a sudden don't expect an offer to just be thrown out there now if Ruggles doesn't have a great year then you might that that situation might lean more towards the yes than the no for um, for a kicker okay to sign in December yes yes um and you, you know just because you, you have the um um, uh, Grayson Atkins. Atkins, the transfer from Furman. Yeah, who who if, if Ruggles isn't doesn't do what he needs to do this year, Atkins will be the guy. Uh, but obviously, UNC will be able to still evaluate Ruggles you during practices. And if they feel like, hey, this guy's not going to be able to do it for us next year, then either they're going to have to go the the grad transfer route again, which uh-huh. is always kind of dicey because you know you don't know what sort of talent pool you're looking at, or they'll try to get a kicker gotcha all right cool little kicker talk there on the scoop all righty next up you had two scoops we haven't talked about yeah Um, do you want to do you want to just real quick just kind of get it out did the peyton page stuff yeah well i mean so he committed to clemson last night is that yeah 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 so yeah so what happened with that You, you dropped a scoop on monday a little brief little message board post go ahead what 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 kind of happened that made you post that given that in, in my mind, in most people's minds, he was, he was a Clemson lead for, lean for so long. Yeah, so I don't know. if I guess it was about a month ago. I put it out there to, hey, North Carolina's not going to get this kid. That was from very, very, very multiple sources within the UNC football program who were like, this is over. And then yeah. for whatever reason, um, Mama, Mama Page got back involved. Or she was always involved. She was the, she was the person that, that UNC was talking to for the most part throughout. But she just um, really kind of amped up her communication, and that even included uh, getting Peyton involved in, in some Zoom meetings and everything like that. And things looked really promising for North Carolina. Um, you mean like for, Monday or like leading up to that? For probably the the probably two or three weeks prior to the announcement. And so okay. I don't. It could have been just due diligence that she wanted to make sure. Okay, you know, let's make sure Clemson is spot and it's not North Carolina. And so let's let's talk to these coaches and see what they're saying and, and, and see if maybe they can convince us otherwise. Um, I don't know. But um, but yeah, so he picked Clemson. You know, he's a he's actually a former five star, but he he's a four star guy, uh, you know, 
and uh, you know, going to Clemson, which has kind of been, you know, Clemson seems to be able, whoever they want in the state of North Carolina, they've been able to get. So my take here is, I mean, he was pretty big, 360, you know, six, six, five, 360, something like that. Yeah, and so here's the thing, too, with him. And, and this has been talked about a little bit on the message board. But from what I've been told is that, so he showed up to the Fab 50, which is a, a big underclassman camp in January, at like something like almost 400 pounds. And yeah. so there's been some, some talk about um, just the fact that, that uh, he, you know, the whole recruiting process might have just kind of – he might have got a big head from it and has slacked a little bit in the classroom, slacked with, with a lot of different things. Um, so he was a kid that you probably – had all the tools, absolutely all the tools, but you're probably going to have to get on track a little bit, which, you know, I mean, UNC recruits a lot of guys like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he's going to be a guy that uh, Clemson's going to have to kind of work on and, and, and get on track um, a little bit. 6'4", 360 is what he's listed. Yeah, I was talking to actually some guys last night, and, and the, the move, I think, in, in general, is the move is away from these big, big, heavy nose tackles because people are running it less and less and less. And when they do run it, they usually pass it to a wide receiver in the backfield, and he can kind of get out, you know, in that, that – um, you know, straightforward ground game is is not as much of a thing anymore, especially mm-hmm. in college with these spread and air raid offenses. So I think from UNC's eyes, you'd much rather have more versatile defensive tackles who can line up in multiple spots. You know, Javari Ritzy, who's not 300 pounds, who's a little more athletic, who can still potentially pay, play inside, but definitely can chase, you know, the quarterback and the running back a little bit more um, sideline to sideline as opposed to a big dude who will have trouble kind of getting up and down the field. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think, though, what made Paige special, though, is that because it, despite his size, he moved so well. And a lot of that was he was a kid who focused a lot on basketball throughout um, middle school. I think he didn't come out for football until – didn't play football until his freshman year uh, in, in high school. It was, he was all basketball. Yeah, and I'm saying this. I mean, of course, UNC wanted this guy. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying that in general, that's, I think that's where the trend is going. You know, the Aaron Crawfords, I mean, he's a big dude, but he can only play one position. Um, you still want that guy. You want that guy on a lot of the downs, but maybe not every every single yeah. down, um, especially like, you know, third and long, things like that. Okay, moving on here. Anything else? From the, oh, yeah, so let's go to the, to the scoop. What, uh, what from the scoop stood out last two, two scoops um, that you want to talk about? Of course, one was more Travion Stevenson focused. That was last week's. And this week's, I think you did a little bit on um, – uh, more of the walk-ons and things like that. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, and, and people enrolling and things like that. Yeah, so I don't think there's much more to talk about w- with the scoop a couple weeks ago. Um, if, if you really want to know just just from what we gather from our information, I know some people are like, oh, this is spin. You know, it, it's, it's, what our, it's what my sources were telling me. So take it for what it's worth. Um, you know, th- we, 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 we went really in-depth with that. Um, this past week's scoop – though we broke down the incoming walk-ons, which usually is like a big thing. People really like it, but I think with you know, the uncertainty, it's kind of like, ah, uh, you know. But um, I think there's, there's some good walk-ons that North Carolina is bringing on, um, bringing in. Um, you know, kicker Noah uh, Burnett is a guy who I think that uh, we might become familiar with at, at some point. Um, and there's some other guys. Christopher uh, Holiday, who's the son of Corey Holiday. Uh, he has a really, really interesting story as far as just you know, academics and, and all of that. Uh, but in addition to that, we break down just what the commitments plan on doing um, enrollment-wise. And uh, for those who haven't been following it, you know, we have the, st- the state of Virginia has at the very least postponed the football season until January. We have North Carolina, which hasn't really done a whole lot other than to say that that um, the fall seasons can't begin until September 1st at the, at the earliest. And, the, and, the, and there's a potential that they can move that back. You have South Carolina and some other states that are just are similarly up in the air. Um, and just basically, we just kind of break it down, just where things are, um, you know, what guys are thinking about maybe enrolling early who weren't initially thinking about enrolling early. Some guys like, um, like Drake may who plans on enrolling early, but at the high school football season gets moved to the spring says that maybe, maybe I should stay 
and play both football and basketball in the spring and then just enroll in North Carolina in the summer. Yeah, I mean, what a mess. Because, like, you know, the, when's the basketball season going to be played then? Because Drake plays basketball, so. Yeah, yeah it could be at the same time. That's, that's a thing. Yeah, or I heard yeah, that – I heard they could, like, start basketball in, like, December and then start football, like, in January. I don't know, like, kind of stagger them a little bit. Just so there's not as much going on at once. Yeah, well, that's what they – in Virginia, they talked about kind of just almost condensing all three sports seasons from, I think, December until May or whatever and just kind of breaking those up and breaking that time frame into thirds. Yeah, I mean, and who's to say – this kind of leads into our next conversation. I mean, who's to say that the virus doesn't flare up again during the flu season? It Wasn't that the whole sentiment about when it gets colder? Well, I, think, I think the hope that most people have is that – a vaccine will be out by yeah. then. The, the and, projection is is the end of this year, early next year. So that would coincide with having seasons next spring. Yeah, and I, I, this is kind of just a take from me. Like I think in the fall and winter, especially in the winter, people are doing less outside or are doing less in groups outside and less action. You just mm-hmm. do less in the winter because it's cold, especially up north. And when it's raining, dark, and it gets dark at five, like that naturally forces you inside with the people you live with as opposed to somewhere people are traveling, people are outside going to pools, hanging out and parties and stuff. So I think naturally the winter promotes social distancing and, and quarantining. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, and I think we had knows. our, no, Dr. I, Ross here. yeah. Well, um, and that actually, that's our next topic is, is just the season. Yeah. So we, I mean, we we're kind of naturally segueing into it. You know, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Okay. So 2020 season, we'll do a college football here. I mean, I've, obviously I'm following it because my job, but it's just everything changed. Every day there's a new tweet about something else happening. So I guess the, the, the ACC was meeting this week, like Wednesday, we're recording Wednesday, 8 a.m. To, to talk about like the plan and get the schedule and all that stuff. And it has to be approved and it has to go back. So it has to be, it's back and forth between the ADs and the presidents. And there's just a lack of central control because every conference is operating on their own. I've heard all along that the SEC and the ACC are aligned. So the, the, the proposed plan is a 10 plus one schedule. So 10 conference games and, and uh, one non-conference game. And that would be a, uh, a, one on, uh, a matchup with an SEC team. So UNC Auburn, for example, Florida, Florida State. This isn't breaking news. I mean, Louisville, Kentucky, um, Clemson, South Carolina, of course, you have to get some other matchups going. I think NC State has Mississippi State on schedule. So there's some natural games built in there. I like that idea. I mean, this might this may sound bad, but you know, I don't if you're gonna play, just play. I mean, why not? Why cancel I guess the UCF game? I guess there's just different testing, different conferences, and that's what they're worried about. But I mean, if you're playing football, like are you really that worried? Because people are gonna get it. People are gonna get coronavirus. That's my whole thing. It's gonna happen. That, that's that's my concern, and we're kind of seeing it a little bit with baseball. Um, and, you know, I was personally affected because the Phillies were one of the teams that did, did not they, get it. They played the Marlins. Yeah, I saw your tweet. Yeah, so they they have, I guess, paused their season until Friday. They'll the, Marlins get back to the Marlins have. No, the Mar- Marlins have paused their season until Monday at the earliest, or Sunday okay. or Monday at the earliest. The Phillies, just because uh, the Marlins were in their – clubhouse and, and they actually play each other but they haven't had any positive tests and that's what kind of worries me is like if you look at a similar scenario playing out in college football and I mean it's just it, it could ravage the the season and the difference though is is like so right now so the Marlins obviously it kind of spread and throughout the weekend they had additional additional players and coaches uh, test positive the Phillies haven't had any test positive which and i think some of that is obviously the the, the restrictions they put in place and, and the safeguards and everything but also baseball you are separate i mean really the only time you're really close is maybe you have the catcher to the batter and then you know guys who are on base maybe the first baseman with 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 the base runner mm-hmm. other than that you're not close to each other football you're always close to each other and so if one team has an outbreak the, the odds of another team having an outbreak or, or it extending to the other team is – I got to – I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, but you got to think that that's pretty good. So, I mean, look at basketball and baseball, professional basketball and baseball. Like, 
they have the money, they have the testing, they have everything you need to keep it safe because they're trying to make money. And so they have everything you need. And innately, baseball, like you said, is a, is a socially distant sport. Basketball, they're in this confined bubble where they have everything they need and they're protected. So you would think those two are going to have the most success keeping safe and not getting the One thing with baseball, they don't do the bubble. I know yeah. you didn't, and, and I know you didn't say that, but I think playing, that's... they're playing in different arenas. They're traveling more. And everything. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it's, it's a naturally socially distant sport. And you would think they have everything else they need because they have the money. Like they mm-hmm. have everything they need. College football, man, like you said, it's a contact sport. You're on mm-hmm. a college campus with other students. You yes. think you think you're going to stop a 19-year-old from going to a party on a weekend? He's yeah. the first time in college, and there's some girls texting him, and he wants to go to a party, and his buddy's coming. That's going to happen. And yeah. I think college- it, it doesn't even have to be a party. It could be the fact that someone comes, in, you know, a couple people come into your your dorm room. Yeah, or you're playing video games with a couple guys. Yeah, and one guy at dinner with another group of guys, and that's how it happens. And then then they, they bring it to practice. And they may not have. I'm not super worried about the students, obviously, because we've learned that it doesn't really affect healthy 18 to 22 year olds as much. But a coach. I mean, what if a coach is in a meeting room and you know, is everybody keeping their mask on at every moment? You've been. I mean, it's hard to keep your mask on all the time, especially yeah. when you're kind of you're in a socially distant setting. So I mean. Flare-up's going to happen. So there have to be contingency plans. And that's why I think they're giving some flexibility to the schedule, I hope. Like, start it early. Like, get it going. Yeah. Play as many games as you can. And then there might be a time when you have to take a two-, three-week break. Yeah. And, and a couple teams may have, have to stop, back up, and, and quarantine, and then think about coming back. So well, those that, are well, I, be, I think about. I agree. Starting it as soon as possible. And then make sure you have like a few weeks buffer at the yeah. end so that when you have those, those quarantine weeks or whatever, you can just reschedule this game. That's the, thing, that's the one thing baseball I don't think is doing so well with is the fact that they only have like three or four off days. And so they're now like, well, what do we do with the season? And some of them are talking about, well, let's just do you know, winning percentage in, as opposed to just doing wins because they don't have, they don't have the built-in um, days to, to compensate for – for um it's baseball you said baseball right baseball yeah 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 so they, that's could what double, they could play double headers too right they could yeah they could play double headers um and and the logistics are a lot easier now that you don't have fans involved but it's it's you know that speaking of which so we don't talk about or we people don't talk about it so much i mean is there do you do you feel like there's a chance that that fans are gonna be in the stands i think they are i think it's gonna be like 25 percent capacity i don't have any information okay. here but look you can be outside with a mask on in a, in a, in a 60,000 seat stadium and be every third row and then staggered seating mm-hmm. plus a third row. I think that's fine. I think you have to have staggered entry. So starting maybe an hour and a half before the game, you, you let of the 25%, you let, you know, 10% in come, you have to come in at the games at noon, come in at 10 30. And then, and then the next group comes in at, at 10.45, and then the next group comes in at 11. And so everyone's in their seat, and you don't have hundreds of people coming in at once. You have 50 people, 50 people, 50 people, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm not really doing the math right there. but um, well, um, So who – And then no concessions. Like, but ma- you have to have your mask on. And, like, if you don't have a mask on, like, you get kicked out. Like, you got to be strict about it. And then, you, yeah, prior, I think you're going to ask prioritizing tickets because, obviously, they canceled season tickets. So you're going to have the big donors. You have you know, loyal season ticket holders that are high in the lottery, I guess. And then I don't know about students. but Okay. That, I mean, that's dicey. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't – what do I know? I, mean, I think 25% no, I think, is, is a good number. Yeah, yeah, I think – It's outside. It's outside. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think, um, I think you do have to figure out something for, you know, allowing people to get – for entry, you have to figure out something. Because uh, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're in, a, in a line forever with a bunch of people. But, yeah, no, I agree because yeah. it's, it's a huge stadium. You can spread out. You can just say, hey, you know, no, you know, not give, like, specific seats for people and just make sure you're social distancing. And if it's 25%, then it should be pretty easy for someone well, or a group of people to find seats and, uh, and be socially distant. I, I think you have to have – you give all the tickets, like it's done individual tickets, and they have a ticket, and everything is blocked off already. So your family of six – has their seats already, and it's created by the um, UNC's, uh, you know, events department, whoever operates the t- seats. You have your section. It's, like, blocked off already. That's where you sit. So they have to do the – they have to be socially distanced and they maybe do 10 feet 
between the next family and, and make sure it's, it, I don't think giving people letting them pick their own seats is going to work. Got to have it. Got to be all. So, so you don't you don't think people could do it? Could figure out on their they own. They could, game. but wouldn't it be better if everything was kind of set up? And, and yeah, I just yeah. We're getting, we're getting into the nuts and bolts here. Yeah. Um, one thing, I mean, if you're old, I mean, no offense, if you're old, don't come. I mean, if you have any, if you're if you're if if you're at high risk, don't come. And that's the important thing here. I think young people and healthy people are less likely to be affected by the virus. But if you're older and it's a chance of death when you get it, I mean, you've got to think about that. I mean. I don't think we should be having 80 year olds in the stadium. It's just, that's the higher risk of getting it. Is that by being crazy? No, no, it's just, you're absolutely right. What you're saying in such an insensitive way. Well, I but, mean, I mean, it's just, should I just, oh, okay. Come to, I'm sorry, old people. You should come, you can come. You gotta be harsh to people, man. This is a global <laughs> pandemic. Like wake up. If, if you don't want to get it, stay at home. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I got and if you're a higher risk, just play numbers, a numbers game. Stay safe, mask up, do everything outside. And if you're high risk for any pre-existing health conditions or from old age, stay inside so you don't get it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, my, par- my parents are going through it right now. I mean, they, they're freaking out. And they just – my mom just stays home and wears a mask everywhere she goes. And yeah, I'm dealing with the same – She doesn't go anywhere. She doesn't I'm go anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm dealing with the same thing. I, I don't know how much my parent, where my parents go, but it's definitely like – Every time I talk to him, are you wearing your mask? Exactly. I told my mom I went to a – I was at a pool with literally – I think there were 10 people there, mm-hmm. and it was the most social – I mean, I was with two people. It was the most socially distanced thing because you're outside, the water's chlorinated, and you're in this big pool area, and I wasn't even – I was 30 feet from the closest person. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're not socially distancing. Because <laughs> her birthday was yesterday, so we all went to Greensboro to see her. Uh, and it was like a whole thing. I was like, geez, I mean, it just sucks. People are freaked out. Yeah. And rightfully so. All yeah. right. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the issues and the complaints people had with the Scoop podcast. We're going to answer the haters. We're going to have an open. This, I'm looking forward to this. Transparent discussion. I went through every single comment. I read I'm, the comments. I'm really looking forward to this. And we're going to wrap it up with that and then the top five um, quickly here. As we wrap up this podcast, so we'll be right back with the scoop. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we are back. Don, what's going on? I'm just okay, I'm so, eager. I'm eager to, eager to hear all right, your response. So we, uh, had some, we had some complaints on the, last, on the last podcast about, like, me making fun of Don, bickering. Uh, first of all, someone wrote, I wrote everything down. I don't think there was any bickering. But people made some, had some complaints about some offensive jokes. And it wasn't even, like, direct jokes. I think there were just um, induendos or suggestions that left, left uh, and, it, and it's not just that. It was just like, I guess people had some complaints with our banter and our, our locker room banter. Don, you, you read the whole thread. What were your thoughts on the initial complaints and kind of where it went? Well, I think we made the decision, and this was actually people, this is going a little bit of, I guess, inside baseball, but, but you and I had talked about joining forces on the podcast probably about six months before we actually did it. And, 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 you know, talked about just how we wanted to kind of, we may not have said it exactly, but we wanted it to be personality based. You know, we didn't want it to be dry and just give the information. And I get it. Some people want that. But uh, I think most people want some sort of personality based um, listening. And the, 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 the thing with that is the positive with it is you're going to get people who really kind of cling to you and really like what you're doing. 
the negative of that is you're going to people who, who aren't going to like you. And I get it. It's just like regular, it's just like normal life. I mean, there's people, believe it or not, there are people in this world who do, do not like me. And there are people in this world who do not like Ross. And I'm sure the same people who don't like us on podcasts or not, wouldn't like us in person either. Yeah. I mean, look, I try, to, I, I try to not be boring. And that's the way I live my life. I just don't – life's too short to be boring. Like, do you want me to just – do I just want to read the news? Travion Stevenson committed to North Carolina. Don, what are your thoughts? Like, that's not how I operate. And I, a lot of my writing, I'm restricted because I just do news writing and I don't have, be able to chance, I don't have the chance to show a lot of personality. And podcasts and radio are great ways to show personality. And I'm just being myself. This is how, and this is a lot of TV shows have moved and movies and stuff have moved towards how people really talk. Yeah. And this is how I, this is how I, I mean, I hold back on this podcast. I mean, I hold back so much. So people are getting a glimpse of how you and I talk normally, but uh -huh. we're holding back to. Yeah. It's way worse. It's way worse before we put, push the record button. Yeah. So people are complaining about little jokes and that's fine. You can complain all you want, but let me tell you one thing. Oh God. This is a free podcast. No one is making you listen to this podcast. We want you to listen. I want you to listen. I want you to just rate, review, subscribe. But if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. And so if you're going to complain, I mean, complain all you want, but no one is making you listen to this podcast. So I don't know, read the scoop, but if you get offended and you don't like, I mean, I'm not, I'm going to maybe dial back some of the stuff. But if you get offended and don't like the locker room talk and the jokes and the banter and the way Don and I interact, like, you don't have to listen. So that's my first complaint to some of the guys and girls, whoever it was, on the message boards. All right, what else we got here? Someone said I made them feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry that you were offended. Um, and then a lot of people with a lot of positive comments. A lot of people were, a lot of people were like, supporting us and saying that this whole PC world uh, that we're living in. This is just a perfect example. People complaining about just normal stuff. Bickering, Donna, we, do we bicker? <sighs> I wouldn't call it bickering. I mean, I, could, there, could someone have show me a snippet and be like, this is bickering, and me listen to it and be like, ah, yeah, maybe we're bickering a little bit. Maybe. I don't think we do it consistently. I think, I think, that, I think we have good chemistry, and you know, I mean, we're not going to agree on everything, and, and uh, we might kind of mess with each other a little bit. Yeah, I think, it's the back and, I think it's a little yeah, back and forth yeah, joke, yeah. joking stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, one thing, like, about me kind of uh, making fun of Don, like, like Don responded, that's how guys show affection. I make fun yeah. of all my best friends. Ross I mean, loves me. Yeah, I do. I make fun. Of, that's how I, like, show that I like someone is being able to kind of poke fun and make fun of people. And when I make fun of Don's weight, Don's not that fat. So like, it's not even, it's kind of a joke because if you know Don, he's not a big guy. No. It's just his love of fast food and his love of desserts is what's Donuts. Don. Yeah. I mean, Don exercises. He walks around the block every morning. Um, so the, somebody was complaining how I made fun of how much Don eats. I, I probably eat way more than Don. I just work out. Um, someone said I was condescending. I mean, it's probably true. Someone said I was stroking my ego. I don't know about that. I mean. I don't know. I'm just being myself. So if you think I'm stroking my ego, then I guess I am. I mean, I have an ego. Everyone does. If you don't, then you're lying to yourself. Um, okay. How about when I ask recruits that if they're annoying, if Don is annoying when he, when he's covering their recruitment, that was an interesting one. Yeah. So I agreed to it. I think certain guys like yeah. Jefferson Boaz, who I have an unbelievable relationship with, it works because the one, the kid is, is just awesome as far as like, handling situations responding to stuff but i have a really good relationship with him yeah um some of the other guys i don't have have i think you asked it to um elijah green and, and elijah green was like i don't even really know who don is <laughs> yeah so he's like this is the first time i ever met don even though that, that was such a excuse my language such a stupid complaint it's a it's a th it's a last question you know this, this is how i do it in press conferences too you ask the stupid questions at the end and make sure there's nothing else to be asked. Like I do with Roy Williams and Mac Brown. If there's something I kind of want to, you know, maybe a little tidbit or like a little jokey thing I did with Larry Fatora too. You wait to the very end so that every reporter can ask their question and everything you need. And you wait, I wait around. I say, Hey, is anyone else having any questions? You kind of look around. If there's nothing else. Then there's time to ask other questions to have fun. 
And that's my point. I do at the very end. I don't try to distract from the conversation. And then I think it's just a goofy question. It's a throwaway question. It takes 30 seconds. And I think it was a little funny. Sorry, I won't do any more. Sorry to offend. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything wrong with throwaway yeah. questions, especially when you're in this sort of setting. I mean, these guys, we've, the majority of the important questions, a lot of times have been asked a gazillion times. So it's more of kind of a little bit of rehashing that we do, yeah. trying to dig a little bit deeper. And then you yeah, have a little bit of, uh, more fun, which is a lot easier when you can actually see the person. You, you just naturally, I think, just want to have a little fun. I, I know that when I interview a recruiting person, the interviews are a lot more personal, are a lot more, um, a lot more fun, a lot more easy uh, compared to on the phone where it just it's always just feels like, unless depending on the kid, but most kids, it just kind of feels like it's just all business. Yeah. Okay. Here's another comment. The only complaint I've ever had is that sometimes it appears Ross isn't listening at all at what's being said and instead just says good well, stuff. Can I, can I say, all right. Can and I then say, moves on to another question. Yeah. So, I, I do the same. See, we're trying to, in addition to have a conversation, I'm, do, I'm looking up stuff because I know what we're going to talk about next and I want to make sure it's on my screen yeah. and, and, and rehash. And I'm sure that you do the same thing. It's just kind of we're multitasking. and Yeah, I got 15 windows open right now and, and yeah. boss is texting me in text. And sometimes it's just, I mean, good stuff. That's great. Let's move on. That's how interviews work. What's the other thing, too, is, is that we, a lot of these topics we could probably talk about for five hours straight. And I, I have to control, I have to corral Dan, Don because, I mean, he, Don does have a, he sometimes speaks. I could be long-winded. Long-winded. So <laughs> it's my job as he hosts to kind of move it on because at some point there's just no, nothing else to say. And, I mean, it's, I feel like I, I ask the right questions. I mean, I'm biased. I think I'm great. Um, <laughs> well, and if you watch a TV show, like those, especially, especially those ones that, that are, um, that, that are conversation based, there is usually somebody, a, a man or woman who's that's their job is yeah. to kind of just set the stage T and get things, keep things moving. The TNT show, uh, the basketball, uh, NBA show with Charles Barkley, yeah, Shaq, Ernie Johnson and, and Ernie is, Johnson, the Kingsman, Ernie Johnson has to crowd stuff like that. All right. Not to compare myself to Ernie Johnson or you to Charles Barkley, but weight wise, maybe. Um, Okay, so that's about it. I, but I will say this: most of the comments were positive. People coming to our um, to our rescue, and I think in general, people like our banter, like the podcast, like the personality we bring, along with the information. And there's a a small minority that does not like it. Hey, if you don't like it, you do not have to listen. There are millions of podcasts you can listen to, so don't waste your time if you're offended oh, man. or anything. Um, but rate, review, and subscribe, and rate, review, and subscribe, and we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you listening. And, we do. And yeah. So listen all you want. Please listen. If Please you listen. get no, I'm saying if you get offended, don't listen. I don't watch stuff I don't want to watch. I don't listen to stuff I don't want to listen to. So we're not. No one's making you listen to this. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. All right. Moving on, Don. Top five. Let's get top right five. into it. Yes. Pull Let's roll Google. through this real quickly. Yeah. I know you have somewhere to be. Pull up the Google documents. We said the top five most important players for the 2020 season. Um, like if this player was injured, how would it impact the team is kind of how I think about it. So maybe not the best player, but the most important. Okay. I'll start. John from Roanoke. Asim Richards, who or whoever emerges at left tackle. Good point. We don't know the depth chart yet. Everyone assumes the offense is going to be a strength. The offense won't hit the ground running unless a left tackle spot gets figured out quickly. Great point. Ray Vohasic, replacing Crawford and Strobridge is going to be key. Great point. Jill Taylor, again, replacing Crawford and Strobridge is going to be key. Brian Anderson, number four. He's a center and needs to play better this year. And with a year of experience, another year of strength conditioning, Anderson should feel and perform better at the position. That's going to be interesting because Anderson will be competing with Ty Murray. So that should be a position of, um, of concern for UNC or a position to watch. And whoever takes Miles Dorn's place at safety. Cornerback should be fine. But does Jacorius Conley step in for Dorm? Does Bryson Richardson and DeAndre Holland step in? That's the biggest question mark for me. In defensive backfield and the competition is wide open. I'll go with Conley to step up and in that position. Interesting. I I'm pumped for Conley. Me too. So, yeah. Me too. All right. You're up. All right. I'm going to go uh, with John from Charlottesville. who And I, I like the way he did this. And I think it might have seemed – Someone else with not such a brain as mine might have looked at it and been like, John is lazy. I looked at it and, and I saw that John was very um, shrewd with what, what he did. He took a screenshot 
of the depth chart on rlads.com, which has all the depth charts or whatever, of just UNC's offensive line. And uh, so uh, Awesome Richards, uh, Joshua Zudu, Brian Anderson, Marcus McKeithen, and Jordan Tucker. I like the idea because that's the theme that I kind of sort of went with. I think that, um, you know, you know what you have at quarterback, you know what you have at skill position players on offense, but it's not going to matter too much yeah. if, if Sam Howell does not have the time. And, and there are some holes that need to be, need to be filled on the offensive line. Um, so I do like what John did. I will not make a joke there. All right. Uh, Noah from Korea. Similar, similar. Left tackle, Zudu. So I think we think it's going to be Awesome Richards. But, yeah, Zudu might play there. He might be a guard. But, yeah, that left tackle position. Left guard, Ed Montilla, same thing. That's going to be open competition. So he's going positions, not necessarily players. Excuse me. The right side of the line should be pretty solid. The skill positions are clearly ridiculous, and we know what we have here. It's all about making sure Sam has time to throw and stays upright. If those happen, the offense should be a thing of beauty. Then he goes linebacker, Chaz Surratt. No reason to think Chaz won't take a step forward, especially with the youth on defensive line. Having a healthy Chaz with more time focused on learning the linebacker position should be central. If he's a difference maker, he appears to be the defense could take big strides quickly. And he said nose tackle with Raymond Vohasic. It's definitely on the way. Help is definitely on the way with all the young talent we're bringing in on the defensive line. I can't wait to watch that unit in 2022. But for now, we need these veterans to be a bridge to the generation and at least be solid with the defense goes through some growing pains against early competition. Uh, defensive line and linebacker, the Fox brothers. There are solid veteran pieces at defensive line linebacker and young talent, much of which is probably a year away. But Tamari and Taman Fox seem to have pretty unique skill sets that can be lethal in a Bateman defense if they're channeled effectively. If these guys step up this year, defensive front seven gets really interesting. All right. All right. So I'm going to go with Dale from Waxhall. Um, number one, Awesome Richards, big shoes to fully replacing – big shoes to fill, uh, replacing Charlie Heck. Number two, Tamon Fox, defense has got to get consistent pressure without blitzing, and it starts with Fox coming off the edge. Number three, Jace Reuter. If Howe is going to be allowed to run more, Reuter better be ready to play, and I think he needs to stay healthy. Uh, number four, Patrice Rene slash Kyler McMichael. Cheating here by naming two, as depending on health and availability, these two will go a long way in dictating the schemes. Number five, Chaz Surratt, potential All-American, three-down linebacker, national feel-good story. His continued success would keep himself and UNC in, in the spotlight and would put a feather in the cap for Bateman and company by, say, by saying, look what we did with a converted quarterback. Imagine what we'll do with you. Well, Ready so for we'll ours? See. Yep, let's go ours. We appreciate those who submitted. Um, we will drop the new top five next week. Okay, I'll go ahead and read mine, Don. How about that? Sounds great. Okay, so I'm going to go to the center position with uh, either that being Brian Anderson or Ty Murray. I'm very interested in that competition. I think Ty Murray has a lot of upside, but Anderson has started in the past. It's a good locker room guy and a good kid, so I'll be interested to see what happens there. And that position, the interior offensive line is key for this team. That was a weakness last year, so they got to shore that up, and that starts in the middle at center. Um, I'll go Chasserat next. I mean, it's clear. A lot of people have said it. He's going to be your best defender. You lose that guy, you use a lot of production, a lot of playmakers, a lot of um, leadership, and, you know, he's poised for a huge season. That would be a a huge loss, I think, in that kind of middle linebacker position. Real left tackle, these aren't really in a particular order. Left tackle, like we've said, many people said, whether that be Awesome Richards or Zudu or if they bring a young guy in or if they move Tucker there, um, that obviously that position is is key um, left tackle. I'm going to cheat a little bit here and go the, the, the Fox brothers. Uh, I think Tamari Fox is so versatile that he can play three or four, two or three positions on the defensive line. So losing him really impacts what the defensive line can do because he can play a little interior. He can play on the edge. You know, the way Bateman uses him will be very interesting to follow him. And I think he has the biggest upside of anybody on the defensive line right now who's going to play – you know, it's Jaleel Taylor, it's um, Raymond Vohasic, and Tamari Fox. You can name any one of those guys. I'm just going to say Tamari Fox because of his versatility. 
because he can fill in anywhere if anybody else gets hurt. And it's Mon Fox. You need a pass rusher. You need to get the quarterback. And obviously, he's going to be UNC's best pass rusher, uh, the most experienced guy. I mean, he's looking at a big year, you know, with NFL draft coming up. I and mean, he has a – this is his money-making year. It's Mon Fox. And then last one, no one's really said an offensive skill player other than Jace Reuter, I believe. So I'm going to go Dayami Brown because having a deep threat completely changes your offense. We saw it when Matt Collins was injured in 2016. When you lose a deep threat wide receiver of that talent, it changes what you can get, what you can do. Now the excuse could be, well, UNC has tons of wide receivers. They have young guys. They have some freshmen who can go deep. They have the, the numbers there. But to have an elite receiver like Donnie Brown who can who can take a top off a of defense and and force that safety to double team and all that good stuff, losing him I think would drastically change what Phil Longo could do. Looks good. Looks good. All right. So the route I went and I kind of alluded to it a little bit when, um, when I was talking about the first submission um, was I focused more on the, the two lines because I feel like mm-hmm. those, I kind of, I think I went, I went a different route than you did Ross. I, I'm just, I'm looking at, okay, UNC has these guys. Where do we need some guys to maybe kind of step up a little bit? Um, so my list, I'll just start it off. Um, <laughs> number please, five, please do. Number five, uh, Tamon Fox. Um, you know, I, I think he, I think someone needs to step up in that leadership role that Miles Doran provided. And Fox obviously has been some, a leader for North Carolina. He's probably going to take more of a um, leadership role for his uh, senior season. In addition to that, you, you're going to need him to, um, to get some pressure on the quarterback. And that, that's, that's going to be one of the keys, especially for a – you have a lot of talent in the secondary, but I think kind of figuring out who goes where and who fits where best, that's going to be key. And that might, that might be something that um, a edge rusher can kind of help kind of alleviate some of the, the growing pains and kind of figuring some of those things out. And number four, you know, Tamon's brother, Tamari, you know, uh, for reasons that you mentioned, his versatility, but also – and this is going to be a theme for my next couple of guys, uh, Crawford and Strobridge leaving. You know, I think those guys are going to be greatly missed. And um, that those three, the three guys who are typically down linemen, and I know that guys move around and, and, and all that, and Bateman's, Bateman's uh, uh, defense, but those guys are going to be key. Um, and, and you're basically, I mean, Jill Taylor uh, did, did see a lot of time last year, but um, a lot was put on Crawford and Strobridge. Which brings me to my next guy, Ray Vohasek. You know, same same thing. I mean, he's going to have to step up um, for those guys to help. I think the difference between Vohasek and Tamari is that Vohasek's older, so um, the the veteran presence that Crawford and Strawbridge provided, Vohasek is going to be able to provide that a lot more than Tamari. And then number two for me, Jaleel Taylor. I'm keeping oh. with that theme. Defense, uh-huh. defense, defense, huh? I, I know. Well, all linemen, all linemen for the most part. Um, you know, he's a guy who, who played a lot, and um, so he knows what it's like. So I'm personally kind of expecting a lot from him just because he, unlike some of these other – I mean, I guess Vohasek and Tamari did play a lot, but, but um, I feel like Taylor played a lot more in key positions, key situations. And so, I mean – you really the defense should kind of look for him to to really kind of step up for Crawford and and Strawbridge's absence. And for my number one, I'm going to go offense on you, but I'm going to go that left tackle position. Awesome Richards, you know, replacing Charlie Heck, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. If um, you know, it doesn't matter how good Sam Howell is, how good uh, Deami Brown, the running backs, all that sort of stuff. If they don't have time to um, to do what they need to do in the field, it's not going to matter. And so um, having a, a reliable left tackle, that's where it kind of starts. But the, the entire offensive line is going to be key. What was Austin Richards like during his recruitment? What was his uh, – was he really good at his recruitment? What's the kind of top? Yeah, so he was – it was kind of weird because he lived outside of Philadelphia, played for a very, very small school for a coach who seemed just completely overwhelmed. Um, and – you know, it was a lot of projection from school's parts. And uh, North Carolina stuck with it. Uh, Coach Capps uh, established a great relationship with him. And um, 
and was able to to get him to to commit and his family very very um loyal family so once they committed they were good uh-huh. so that that was obviously when um uh when Mac Brown took over and it seemed like they never really wavered at all um and they just stuck but, with North Carolina cuz that's the school they were with but was he good like was he a high highly talented he, he wasn't i believe he was a th- he was a three star i'm pretty sure yeah, he was a three yeah. star and the thing too was that he played up until his senior year he played defensive line so a lot of a lot of schools were recruiting him and looking at him as defensive line and then god i'm div- digging into my memory i believe he camped at north carolina as an offensive lineman and and that's where they kind of started to kind of look at him and that at that position and then some other schools kind of um followed suit and also looked at it as an offensive lineman yeah, number seventy-five off, number seventy-four offensive tackle, number nine hundred one in the nation, six-five, two eighty-five as a recruit. Yeah, I preferred school in Pennsylvania. Yes, and, and I remember the first, uh, the game I purposely evaluated, broke down his full first game at at offensive tackle, which was interesting. That's awesome. All right, Don. Anything else? No, just. Uh, no more picking on Ross. He gets really, really offended by it. No, I mean, I appreciate the feedback. <laughs> See ya. Yep, appreciate feedback. See you later. All right, thanks for listening to Scoop, guys. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.